0: We are going to continue our study in the book of Galatians. So if you could please uh, turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And uh, this morning, um, we're kind of going to look at this text, uh, and it's going to be, you're going to go, I've kind of heard this before. Yeah, it's because, as we talked about, Shaul, in his writing, tends to repeat himself okay, and uh, especially in the book of Galatians. Uh, so we're, again, we're on Galatians chapter 3, uh, which in our congregational Tanakh, page 1114, page 1114. Galatians is, again, a book which has to do with how people come into right relationship with God. It's about, it's about the amazing grace of God, bestowed upon those who believe, those who believe. It's a very simple premise to the book. The majority of of the book is all about how people really come into right relationship with God. All right? I always say it's the easiest thing in the world. Coming into right relationship with God is easy. You simply need to believe, which is what we're going to talk about this morning, you know, what's so interesting, though, is how few people really do. Uh, statistics are such that, that over half of the people raised within a, a believing home and in a believing community don't get it. They don't get it. We have a group of young people here. JFJ is doing a weekend, and so a bunch of young people are here, and they're being tortured through our long service. But it gives me a chance to preach at them. And, and, uh, and think about it. What does it mean to come into right relationship with God. It's not intellectualism. Think about all the stuff you've learned if you're a young person, if you've been in this congregation for any period of time. I mean, Tony's going to be graduating out of Shabbat school. I could probably have Tony come up here and give a sermon. He's heard enough. In the couple of years that he's been here, I bet you he'd have some pretty interesting things to say. Intellectual understanding, knowledge does not bring one into right relationship with God. I have a friend of mine who is very knowledgeable. He's a rabbi in the area. He reads the New Testament. We talk about it. <coughs> Doesn't believe in Yeshua. What is the issue? It's volition. It's will. It's surrender. You know, uh, with the first couple of songs we sang, and I think the songs we're going to end with, think about it. It's all about the death of Yeshua. Do you care? <laughs> Do you care? Yeshua died for your sin. Do you care? Jim cares. Yeah. People know Jesus died. We have Easter on the calendar. (laughs) People know Jesus was born. We have Christmas on the calendar. Doesn't mean anybody cares. What does it mean that Yeshua died for you? What does that mean? The tremendous love of God demonstrated to us an act so overwhelming. C.S. Lewis was a great writer. And uh, uh, he, he you know, PhD in, in literature and in ancient literature and in the, in the myth stories that are just amazing. And uh, he wrote to a, a friend of his when he became a believer finally. through J.R. Uh, Tolkien was one of the guys that helped him come to believe. All right? And uh, what's fascinating is he said, uh, he expressed his understanding on uh, in coming into relationship with God like this. He says, uh, I've come to understand that the myth of the Bible is true myth. What he meant by that, writing as he was a writer, is these stories that I've heard about that I've just kind of taken as whatever. Wow, these things are real. <laughs> God did bust into the world order and God did care about me and he does care about me and Yeshua, Jesus, did die for my sin and oh my God, this is true. How many of you really believe it? This is the problem, especially young people. You go, yeah, I've been there, done that, heard that. I've been doing young people work long enough. You guys are all very bright, you absorb everything. What do you really believe? What do you really believe for yourself? In fact, if you're writing notes, because you makes you all write a note, ask yourself the question, what do I really believe? Write that down. Paula, you two in the back. Write that down. What do I really believe? <clears throat> We're going to be talking about Faithful Father Abraham. Faithful Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons said, Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, right, I saw arms moving. Faithful Father Abraham. What does that statement mean? Well, we we understand. Abraham, Abraham Avinu, Abraham our father, was faithful before God. Faithful, he was dependable before God. Faithful, dependable. We're seeing a couple of videos about that toward the end. I want to keep your attention until then. Faithful Father Abraham. We know about Abraham because he was faithful before God. But what we're going to look at this morning is why we really know he was faithful before God, why he was dependable before God. And that is found in verse 6. So, I'm going to skip that for right now. We're going to read in verse 6. We did this last week. I'm going to look again. Take a look at verse 6 in your text, page 1114. It says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Why do we say, faithful father Abraham? We say, faithful father Abraham, because Abraham believed. Abraham believed. What does it mean to believe? Um, The word has to do with faith. To place your faith in, your trust in, uh, whether it's Greek or whether it's Hebrew, because in the book of Galatians, what you really have here in Galatians chapter 3 is Paul, Shaul, quoting from the Septuagint, the Greek version of the scriptures, which is a translation of the Hebrew version of the scriptures, okay? And not to bore you with language, but whether we're talking the Greek or we're talking the Hebrew, the word basically means to have faith in, to rely on, all right, And it has to do with action. It has to do with action. The story of Abraham. I was going to show a video, and it was just too darn corny. Lech God shows up to Abraham, and he says, Lech Lecha, get up and go. Go where? To a land I'm going to show you. Oh, great. Do I have to pack? Yeah, you better pack for a very long time. So Abraham gets up and he goes from what is today modern Iraq, northern modern Iraq. In fact, up near the north where the Kurds are basically or, or up in that northern part of Mesopotamia and Iraq and he goes across the Fertile Crescent, think southern Turkey, and then he comes down into Syria and he comes down into Lebanon basically and he comes down into the land of Canaan, which is modern Israel. And he dwells and he hangs out in the land in a tent. All this taking place when he is 75 years old. He's on Medicare. He's retired No, Back then people lived longer. But he comes down into Canaan and it's because God said, go. Abraham believed God and he went. He got up and he went. And there in the land, he sought God. But you know, it's funny, he lived a long time and we really only see a few instances of his life But what we seem to find is that as a general rule, Abraham wanted to follow God. It was his heart's desire to follow God. And he did it through steps of faith. At one time, he kind of blew it. He went down to Egypt, and he kind of said a little fib. He lied. But God protected him. He went back and he corrected himself before God. Why did he do it? Because he had faith in God. He knew that God... God had a plan for him and he knew that he blew it and he confessed it and he moved back to where God wanted him to be. And he had to do very difficult things. At one point he had to beat five kings in a fight. And God preserved him. In another instance he had to deal with his nephew. He had to deal with, you know, a couple of people over there along the coast. Abimelech and Philco and and he had these different circumstances, but all along the way he trusted God. He believed in God. There's one thing he really did not believe God in. And you know what that was? That was whether or not he was going to have a kid. It's, it's Mother's Day. Abraham was a father, but Sarah's the mother, but she's not a mother. She's never had a kid. God said, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, he says that God says, believe in me, you're going to have not only one child, you're going to have an entire nation. You're going to have progeny. A lot of kids. And it says in the text, this is what we're referencing here, Abraham believed God. And it's only in this verse that it says that, that his belief was credited to him as righteousness. See, Abraham had all of these experiences with God, and Abraham had gained an understanding of who God was. But well, you know what's fascinating? It's only in this verse that something transformative occurs in Abraham. The faith he demonstrates at this point is what I'm going to call saving faith. He places his trust in the Lord. He has an understanding for the first time in his life of total reliance on who God is and what God says, and he believes. And the result of that is transformation. The word credited here, again, whether we're talking Greek or Hebrew, the whole idea is God now looks at him and considers him to be righteous. You want to be considered righteous before God? Do you? Being in right relationship with God means you come to be considered righteous before God. Do you think you can be considered righteous before God by being a good person? If you do, you're missing it. If you think that coming to services is what brings you to a point of being considered righteous before God, then you're missing it. You need to understand that it is simply by your faith in God and what God has said, it's only in that that you will be considered righteous. Maybe you've been on a long journey of knowledge. You have gained understanding about God, just like Abraham was on a long journey, but you've never actually come to faith in. You know what the missing element often is? It's volition, <laughs> it's will. It's a decision to say, I am incapable of making things happen myself. I honestly need to rely on God. It's you saying, there's nothing I can do to be righteous. It's nothing I can do to really be in relationship with God on my own. It is simply believing in what God has provided in terms of atonement. That brings you into that position of righteous before the Lord. The rest of this section, he kind of goes on, and he's beginning in verse 7. It says, know that those who have faith are children of Abraham. You know, as Jews, we are children of Abraham. We can honestly say, Abraham Lavinu, our father. Why? Because our great, 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 Pappy is Abraham. Again, what makes us Jews? We are a people. We are part of a people. We are the descendants, the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But here he's making a point. He's not talking about us physically. He's actually talking about a spiritual children or a spiritual. Child, and these are people that have the faith of Abraham. You know, you can be a Jew and you can be a good Jew and you can be a traditional Jew if you do not have faith like Abraham had faith in the God of Israel according to how God has revealed himself you are not actually a child of Abraham. You may be physically but spiritually you're lost. Do you have faith Like Abraham had faith. Do you take this all seriously? Deadly seriously? Take a look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, The scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith proclaimed the good news to Abraham in advance, saying, All the nations shall be blessed through you. You know, we as Jews, we are that seed. Abraham, the seed of Abraham. We are to serve as a testimony and an example as a blessing to the nations so that they can have fancy technology and WhatsApp and all this stuff. No! (laughs) You know, I'm referencing, of course, all the stuff coming out of Israel. No. We bless the nations with the truth of what it means to have a right relationship with God. We live lives of faith, modeling what it means to have faith in God, like Abraham had faith in God. And then we share this truth with the nations. It's very interesting, the Hebrew in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, which is, again, what he's referencing in verse 8, where God says to Abraham, lach, lach, Get up and go to, go to a land that I will show you, and I will make you, and your descendants as a blessing to the nations, It doesn't say nations there. It says the mishpacha, the families of the earth. Families of the earth. As Jewish people, we are part of the family of Israel. All right? Uh, There are other families of the earth. Go to the table of nations listed in Genesis chapter 11. All these different families of the earth. Do we think about the fact that we have an obligation to bless them? Sometimes as Jews we don't think enough about that. That's something we have to do better as a community ourselves here at the Bar Emmet. But our primary blessing is the spiritual blessing. Do we share about the truth of who Yeshua is with others? Including the people of the earth that are not Jews. But the reason he's bringing this up, if we remember the context in the book of Galatians... Is the fact that these Galatian believers, who are evidently the ones he's talking to here, are, have come from a position of believing by faith to believing that they have to add to faith. They have to, in some way or another, do certain things in order to be in right relationship with God. Shaul is emphasizing here one more time our actions do not bring us into right relationship with God. Our faith in God brings us into right relationship with God. Now for us, of course, we understand that that means that all people must admit their sin, believe in Yeshua's atonement for the forgiveness of their sins, and then finally commit themselves to this truth. You know, Yeshua's death has provided for us atonement, even as we have sung and even as we're going to sing in a few moments. But do you really believe this for yourself? And if you do, does it make any difference? You will know if it's really hit into you if you can be considered faithful. Like Abraham, our father. If it really changes your life. If you're dependable. What is dependability? Why does dependability matter for us as believers. Why why does it matter that we be dependable when it comes to being in right relationship with God? We're going to show two videos. And um, the first video is basically just a, a real short, what is dependability? The second video kind of shows the results of being known as a dependable individual.
1: Two minutes, one thought, let's go. I want to talk to you guys today about being dependable. What does it mean to be dependable, folks? You got to keep to your word. You know, when you express certain things, when you put certain things out there in the open, you just got to follow up on that kind of stuff. You gotta be able to, to, to express it and to mean it and to say it with your, with your spirit, your insides, because there's gonna be a ton of people who are gonna try to counter whatever direction you're trying to go in. And the more you can do that, When you put things out there, people will notice it, and the people that notice it will just create your followership, okay? And they'll know that they can trust in your word because you become dependable. When you say something, you actually mean it, and it happens, it becomes an affirmation, Whether it takes a long time or a short amount of time, they know at some point you're gonna get there. You wanna follow up with folks. When you put something out there, and you, have a, you start bringing people up or maybe you're just trying to bring people up in general, you want to make sure that you're following up with those people to make sure that they're doing okay. You never want to offer a product or a service and then just leave them be. Follow up with those people and make sure that they're okay. You also want to be able to make decisions. There's so many people these days that are just indecisive about everything. You know them, I know them, and it just makes zero sense because they can never just put something out there and just stick to it. They always have some sort of bogus reason of why they need to escape it or why they can't do it and they run away from their responsibilities, thus not making you dependable. Lastly, you want to believe. You got to believe in yourself, folks. When you put something out there and you're, you're following up with people and you're making those decisions, believe that it's in the betterment of not only yourself, but for those people around you. And the more you can have that belief, the more you'll share that belief, and the more people will believe in you, thus making you dependable. Be amazing, folks. Greatness is possible. Take care.
0: All right. So, are you dependable? Some good stuff in there for us, even as believers. The next video is going to show what dependability really means.
1: This is Blackhawk
0: Nelson, you're going to stay here, we are going to hold this corner, and the next one with the Humvees. Dalton Schmidt, you coming with me. All right, let's go. Ooh, ooh. How come I got to stay back here? Because you're
1: dependable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's go. Hey, Thanks being dependable, man.
0: okay all right why did he get left because he's dependable now you know what's interesting some of you i would have very little trouble giving you an assignment because i know you're dependable some of you absolutely not why some of you really lack being dependable just where you're at in life or whatever or maybe it's because of the way you have kind of developed yourself are you dependable Now the reason those videos are really good is because Abraham was dependable. He's faithful to God. And his life demonstrates it over time. There's a building dependability before God. Are you dependable to God? Are you dependable toward God? Does God look at you and call you his faithful servant? because he knows that you are growing in your desire to know and live your life his way. Or, as we talked about last week, have you drifted (laughs) and you're way in the middle of the ocean, lost at sea? Society in which we live is really leading young people away from faith. If you as a young person are not listening to me right now because you're thinking about what you're going to do later today, it's quite possible that you are also undependable before God. It's quite possible that other things are leading you astray and your mind wanders and really you're not secure in your commitment to the Lord your God. A couple of challenging questions, but I'm going to ask this first. How does one follow faithfully the faithful faith of our father Abraham? How does one follow faithfully? That is a good question. Does God expect perfection out of you? Absolutely not. God knows what you are made of. That should be very comforting to you. It's very comforting to me. I am not perfect by any stretch. What does following faithfully the faithful faith of our father Abraham, what does that look like? First point, are you walking out a life of faith? That's either a yes or no answer. That's a yes or no. It is either the desire of your heart to want to walk out a relationship with God, or it's not. Okay? That's a yes or no. I want you to take a moment. I want you to consider, are you walking out a life of faith? Yes or no. Walking out a life of faith is the result of a decision as we studied last week to first hear and then do what God has commanded to. Recognize that at the very core of your being I want to live my life for God. That's Abraham believing in the Lord and being credited as righteous. Have you actually come to believe in Yeshua or do you just know about him? Have you actually come to recognize that without your faith in Yeshua, you are lost? If you have never placed your faith by personally crying out to God, admitting your sin, and believing in Yeshua's atonement only as the the means by which you can come into right relationship with God, I encourage you to do it today. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do it today because that is the moment the decision, the time to walk out a life of faith? If yes, then really the question then is how consistently are you walking out your life of faith? If you have made the decision you accept and believe in and you've received God's righteousness, how is the consistency? The things of the world are pressing in on you. Do you recognize the need to become ever more faithful so that God can look at you as being dependable for Him? In what specific ways are you demonstrating your reliance on the Lord? Because fundamentally, being dependable is a result of reliance. Reliance on others. In our situation, reliance on the Lord your God. Are you reliant on Him? Do you make decisions without even thinking about God? I'm not talking here about what you're going to eat for dinner tonight, unless that's an issue we need to talk about. But I'm talking here about life. If you are walking out a life of faith, you cannot make decisions at all, really, without thinking, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? How do you handle your resources? Do you tithe? How do you handle sinful influences? Do you stay away from them? Or do you engage? When you sin, do you confess it? you recognize it as sin? If you're involved with sinful activity and you know, it doesn't bother you at all, then I think maybe the problem is you're not really a believer. You don't really, you've never come to believe in. Are you convicted by your sin? And if you do, do you confess it? Do you prioritize your Yeshua faith community over secular friends and activities? Walking out a life of faith like Abraham walked out a life of faith, demands for us to prioritize relational connections which will encourage us to be faithful. Do you intentionally seek to influence other people, whether believers or unbelievers, toward Yeshua faith? That's something you desire to do, whether in your school or in the job, in your neighborhood, among your family members. Being faithful followers of our faithful father, Abraham, means we recognize our need to live in such a way that we are walking out lives of faith and that we become ever more dependable to the Lord our God. If I've hit a point here, especially when it comes to issues of belief, I encourage you to talk to me. I mean, the one thing I really recognize, especially for young adults, is that you hear, you hear, you hear, but you don't really let it sink in deep. One of the nice things about Justice's testimony is that he's heard it all, but he didn't believe until the moment came when he recognized I don't really believe this. And then he could think again about what he believes. I had you write out what do I believe on purpose. Because unless you can answer that question with, I believe in God and I believe in who he is and what he's done and in Yeshua as my atonement, unless you can write out that you are totally dependent on him and desiring to be in relationship with him, then the truth of the matter is you're probably where justice was before he became a believer. You have the knowledge, but you're not walking it out. It's not real to you. That's you. Talk to me after services, or talk with someone else after services. But consider your own personal relationship with God today. Decide that you want to be like Abraham. You want to believe God. Believe in him so that you indeed can be made righteous.